Welcome to Kingdom Insight with Dr. Kazumba Charles. This program is designed to help you discover treasures and truth from God's Word and also give you deeper insights and understanding of the character and nature of God. Here's your host, Dr. Kazumba Charles. Welcome back to Kingdom Insight. This is uh, Dr. Kazumba Charles. Thank you once again for joining me on this uh, program, the program that uh, we explore the Word of God. We go deeper into the study of the Word of God. Uh, we always say on this program that uh, what you know can shape your thinking. What you know can shape your thinking. When you believe right, you will do what is right. And when you do right, you will do what, what the Lord requires us to do for his kingdom. So on this program, my goal and my passion, my desire is to help us all understand the word of God, to read the word of God and study it in context. We've been looking at uh, the book of uh, First Peter and Second Peter. We are in uh, Second Peter, where we're going to look at uh, the overview once again to just uh, wrap up this book as we begin to close. And then uh, we we also looked at uh, Peter's, uh, you know, uh, uh, why he wrote this letter, to whom was he writing. There is just something powerful and something deeper when you understand why the author was writing what they were writing, uh, what was happening, what was going on. And we can learn a lot from that because then we know the mind behind his writing, in this case, Peter. So here is an overview. Peter begins his letter with a brief greeting uh, in uh, chapter 1, verse, verse 1. It gives an antidote for stagnancy and um, uh, a shorter sighted, sightedness in, uh, in the Christian life. That is uh, in chapter 1, verse uh, uh, 2 through to 11. He talks about that, you know, and then, uh, then he explains that uh, his days are numbered. He talks about, uh, you know, he knows his days are numbered and that believers should listen to his message and the words of uh, the scripture that we see in uh, chapter 1, verse uh, 16 to 21. I just want to read what Peter says in there. He says, uh, For we were not uh, making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes. When you received honor and glory from God and, and God the Father, the voice from the majestic glory of God said to him, This is my dearly loved Son, whom, who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. P Peter is giving an account of a first-hand experience of uh, Jesus Christ, and then he says in 19, because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. Now, these were the prophets who were proclaiming the message of the gospel, not the message about what you can get, how you can get it, where you can get it. These were prophets who prophesied or who preached the message of the gospel. And then it says here, the message of the gospel concerning the Christ who was to come. And then it goes on, it says, uh, you must pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamb shining in a dark place until the day dawns and Christ the morning star shines in your hearts 
And then he goes on in 20, Peter, he says, Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding. No prophecy, no prophecy in the Word of God came from the prophecies, I mean, the prophet's own understanding. And it seems to be the problem of today. Most of the prophecies come from the understanding of these of these people but look how Peter now is gonna go in depth next Peter gives a warning to say about false teachers about these false teachers they will become prevalent in the last days are they not prevalent right now and they will do or say anything for money they will do or say anything for fame they will do or say anything for a like or for a following uh, this is what Peter was uh, was talking about years ago and we see it today prophets can make up cook up something and then people go raw raw and people run towards them but Peter was saying be careful these people one of the signs that you can know about these people they despise the things of God they despise the things of God he says that in chapter 2 verse 2 he says that many will follow their evil teachings why? Because their evil teachings is enticing. It is not about, uh, you know, it's not about the word of God calling you to live a higher or a holy life. To live before God the way God intended to. It is about what you can get and how you can get it. And then Peter says, uh, many will follow their evil teachings, shameful immorality. And because of these teachers, the way of the truth will be slandered. The way of the truth will be slandered. So Peter is giving this warning and then he says uh, they will do whatever they feel like doing. They will do whatever they feel like doing. Why? Because they have no fear of God. They have no revelation fear of God. They are not in need for God. So he's talking about these uh, false uh, teachers. Now let's look at, um, let's look at uh, chapter 2 verse, um, uh, verse uh, 12 here. He says this, these false teachers are like unthinking animals, Woo. creatures of instinct, born to be caught and uh, destroyed. They scoff at things they do not understand and like animals, they will be destroyed. Their destruction is their reward for the harm they have done. They love to indulge in evil pleasures in broad daylight. They are, they are a disgrace and a stain among you. So he's talking about these teachers. They will... And then he talks about how you can know them. He says that they will be proud and boastful. They boast over the miracles they do. They boast how powerful they are. They boast with their titles and the apostle of the apostles or the master prophet or whatever you can call them. They will have uh, this boastful spirit. And then he says that in two verse eighteen, uh, in two verse uh, chapter two verse eighteen. Uh, let's look at this here. Two verse eighteen. They brag about themselves with empty foolish boasting, with an appeal to, to twisted sexual desires. They rule back into sin those who have barely escaped from a lifestyle of deception. You've heard, you've heard many of these uh, prophets, what they do and what they do, it is uh, nasty. But here is what Peter, prof he 
talked to us about these days. He talked to us about what they will do. And then he goes on, he says, they will be judged and punished by God. Remember, no sin goes unpunished by God. They may proclaim that they have all this power, but trust me, they mistake the power of service or the anointing for doing service for their relationship with God. He says, Peter says, they will be what? They will be punished. And then Peter concludes his brief later by explaining why he was writing it to remind them of the words of the prophets and apostles that predicted the coming of false teachers. This is a big theme, false teachers. To give the reasons for the delay in Christ's return, he, tells, he talks about the delay in Christ's return and to encourage them to beware of heresies and to grow in their faith. One of the, the, the dynamics and uh, the most important thing to do to grow, to, to, to avoid these false teachers is for you and me to grow in the Word of God. If we grow in the Word of God, we study the Word of God, don't just speak one scripture. You, you begin to study the Word of God in its context. You begin to grow in your faith. Now, let's focus on uh, these false teachers. Because uh, Paul highlights these uh, false teachers in a very, very deep, deep way and their attributes and who they are. Second Peter tells us two things about the false teachers. And I want you to know two things about uh, false teachers. He says, one, they denied the reality of Jesus' return. Well, how do we know? He talks about that in uh, chapter 3, verse 3 to 4. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promises, to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was uh, first created. So you begin to see by their lifestyle, they live as if Jesus will never return. They live as if they will live forever, as if they will live here on earth forever. They commit all manner of ungodliness. But he, Peter says what? Peter says uh, the first thing you're going to know about these uh, false teachers is that they deny the reality of Jesus' return. And then number two, he says uh, they lead Li they, they live lives or they, they lead lives of uh, immorality, lives of immorality. These false teachers lived their lives as they pleased, immoral, because of uh, a doctrinal error of no final judgment. Jesus is not coming. So to them, it's like there's no final judgment, meaning they don't have the fear of God. They don't have the revelential fear of who God is. Thus, they do whatever it pleases them. They manipulate people. They do anything they can do to manipulate people. But Paul, but Peter, sorry, he's saying uh, they, their day will come. And 2 Peter verse 2 verse 19 describes these false teachers as promising freedom while in reality they are promoting a form of uh, slavery. Let's read that. 2 Peter 2 verse 19. They promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves of sin and corruption. For you are slaves to whatever controls you. Listen to this. Most of these uh, 
false teachers, as Peter is declaring, they will promise freedom, but they are slaves to sin. They are slaves to corruption themselves. And how, how can somebody who is, uh, who is uh, in slavery to bondage, who is in slavery to sin, for example, rebellate you from your own uh, bondages? So they promise freedom, but there is no freedom. They promise all these stuff, but there is no freedom for them. Even today, this is the problem we see in the world. False prophets promises a financial freedom by encouraging people to seek wealth at an expense of seeking the presence of God or desiring the presence of God. Actually, they equate the presence of God uh, 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 to the level of uh, money. They just make God to be all about money. There is nothing wrong with money. There is, actually, God wants to give you wealth. God wants to bless you abundantly. God wants to uplift us abundantly. But we got to understand at the end of the day, our Christianity and uh, our faith in God must be established on uh, the foundation of who God is in our lives. So they promise uh, financial freedom and yet they put people into slavery. And, 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 and uh, uh, most prophets of today also promises what? Promises of freedom through prosperity. As a result of this, many people are enslaved to their ambitions goals and pursuing fame instead of pursuing God. There are people that have abandoned their gift or there are people that think that uh, if they don't have a good car then God isn't in their lives. Those are lies from the pit of hell. Those are lies from the devil. Just because you don't have something doesn't mean that you God hasn't blessed you. Ask, 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 um, Job in the book of Job. He lost everything, but he knew God was there. God exists. So you got to understand that your level of success should not be measured by what you have, but it should be measured by your thirstiness for the presence of God in your life. You should desire more of the presence of God than anything else. Why? Because when you have the presence of God in your life, all things goes well. All things works well and that wealth will work for you and it will work for others that's why it is important to to desire what the presence of God freedom comes from God alone freedom is not in man your freedom and my freedom does not come from uh, any other person. It comes from God alone, who is the true, and, 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 and God is the true wealth and the true foundation of prosperity. We must pursue God first, desire to grow in our faith and, 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 and knowledge of God. Many believers want an abundance of God's grace and peace, but they are unwilling to put forth the effort to get to know God first through studying of his word and practically living it out. This is what God calls us to. It's a difficult thing, but we will begin practically to exercise what the word of God says. Nothing wrong to pursue wealth, but if you pursue wealth at the expense of pursuing God, you're going to be lost in your wealth. And then uh, here, Peter also in 2 Peter, he touches on uh, doctrinal and behavior. He talks about doctrinal and behavior. Look, what you believe will cause, will, will, will make you behave the way you behave. 
Peter reminds us that doctrine and behavior are interconnected. What you believe, that's what you will be. What you believe, that's what you will do. If you believe lies, you will live lies. You will live in lies. You will continue to pursue lies. You will continue to pursue conspiracy theories. Why? Because if you, your doctrine is ingrained in the lies, then you will respond to those lies and every lie to you becomes the truth. So Peter is connecting doctrine to behavior. Every, at, every, at, at the foundation of every behavior lies the foundation of what? Of our doctrinal, uh, 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 doctrinal understanding or the doctrine that is in us. So what we believe affects how we live. How we live can affect what we believe. Let me say that again. What we believe affects how we live. And how we live can affect what we believe. So there is no separation. If you believe in God, then you will live according to the character and nature of God. There is no separate. If you are in the kingdom of God, as a sons of God, kings and a royal priesthood, you are going to do things as a king or a royal priest or a king would do. So there is no separation in here. Sometimes people change their beliefs to justify an improper lifestyle. You see, if I fail in some areas, I need to correct it by looking at the word. What we need to live according to the word of God is, 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 is understanding the scripture, understanding the word of God. We need to live according to the word of God so that we can be strengthened in our faith. Peter encouraged his audience to remember one thing. He says that uh, what he has taught them, which is a Jewish concept, remember what I have taught you. Uh, let me look at uh, 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 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 12, uh, verse 12. What does he say? It says, therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you already know them. And uh, uh, standing firm in the truth you have been taught. And it is only right and that, and that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. Why is he saying I have to remind you constantly? Because, you know, when you, be, you are reminded of what you're supposed to do, when you are reminded of God and you are reminded about God, reminded of the word of God, you cannot say I know a lot already. I don't need this. You cannot say I have enough of God or of the word of God. I don't need to hear it again. You cannot say I've heard this and I, I've heard it before. That's not the concept of the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, the words of God are reminded to us. They have spoken over and over again until we wrap them around our words, until we grab hold of them, until we stand on the word of God. So Peter is saying, I will keep reminding you and I will keep you reminding you until you get it, until you get the word of God. And I'll keep reminding you. It's the same as a parent. You remind your kids over and over 
over and over and over and over again not to do what they're doing. Why? Because the more you remind them, the more that word becomes solid in their heart and in their spirit. And wherever they go, they can never abandon what they are taught. Why? Because the reminding of the word brings the stability and it forms the, you know, the foundation in our lives. Jesus said, uh, I, I, I will go to my father, but before we go, uh, uh, and then I, uh, sorry, I will go to my father and I will send you another comforter, the part of the, the another comforter's uh, uh, mandate, another uh, part of the Holy Spirit's mandate is what? Is uh, to remind us of the things of God. Our job and my job and my passion and my goal is to remind you of the word of God, not to remind you of any other thing, to remind you of the word of God, to remind you of the power of the word of God, to remind you of the sustenance of the word of God and why you need to hear and hear and hear and hear and continue to hear the word of God because if you hear more of the word of God and you continue to hear the word of God all these are poor false teachers all these are you know uh, uh, satanism teachers will not capture your heart why you are ingrained in the word of God Peter encouraged his audience to remember remember always remember always Peter's call for his audience to remember what he has taught them and to actively live a godly life in the hope of Jesus' return. He says, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Don't live in wickedness. Don't continue to work to live in wickedness. Don't live behind the scene, living like uh, you know, like you have you don't have God. God sees what you're doing. God sees where you are. Jesus is coming back. Peter is saying, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back, and that is the true teaching when we remind people. You want to know false teaching? False teaching tells you to just continue with your life without God. Just pursue all these riches and be happy, merry, and merry, 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 drink and be happy, and that's it. That is false teaching because you are to be reminded there is God, there is a God, and there is life, and there is a life after death when you die where would you go if you were to be taken away where do you spend your eternal life or even that you can have money you can have wealth but you don't have Jesus you already lost you are depressed and miserable as if you don't have a penny Jesus comes to fulfill all those things in our lives true teaching Peter points out true teaching in chapter 1 verse 16 to 21 it says for we were not making up clever Stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes. We received honor and glory from God the Father. The voice from the majestic glory of God said to him, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard the voice from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Because of that experience, we are, we 
We have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote for their words are like lamp, like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and Christ the morning star shines in your hearts. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiatives, nor those of prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. So he's talking about uh, these people who speak, who spoke from from God. They spoke from the power of the Holy Spirit, not from their own imaginations, not from their own, uh, you know, fortune telling, not from their own, uh, you know, witchcraft staff. But these are people who speak from the very Spirit of God, not the Spirit of man, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of God. And he's saying that was the message that they preached about. And that is what it says here. The Old Testament prophet was, was about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, a light shining, shining in a darker place. Peter identifies the Holy Spirit as the agent of inspiration for these prophecies of coming of the coming Messiah. It, as we look at true teaching here, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1 to 10, it, says it contains the most powerful message of Peter's letter. It describes the signs surrounding the Lord's return, and it describes the end of the physical world in a sterling fashion. Let's read that. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. He says here, this is my second letter to you, dear friends, and in both of them I have tried to stimulate your awesome thinking and refresh your memory. I want you to remember what the, whole, the, the holy prophets said long ago and what our Lord and Savior commanded your, your apostles. He's still reminding them here. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say what happened to the promises that Jesus is coming again from before the times of our ancestors. Everything has remained the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forgot that God made the heavens by the word of his command. And he brought, the, he brought the earth out from the water and uh, surrounded it with the water. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for, for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. But you must not forget. He is reminding them. But you must not forget. You must not forget God. You must not forget the word of God. He says, but you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord. And a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promises, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. God is being patient. If you're wondering, why, where is God? Where is the end? Where is Jesus? When is he going to come into the cloud? God is patient for you. God is patient for me. God is waiting for those to come on board. That's 
why the Bible says the gospel of Jesus Christ or the good news of the gospel shall be preached to all mankind and then the end will come. We need to continue to preach. We need to continue to remind people concerning Jesus Christ. So as God has been patient right now, many need to experience salvation. Many need to experience forgiveness. Many need to experience deliverance so that they can come into the family of God. So he continues here. He says, uh, the Lord isn't really being slow about uh, his promises, as some people think. He, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed. That is the heart of God. Remember that scripture? For God so loved the world so much so that he sent his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That scripture still holds true today. That scripture still holds true to this moment. God is desiring nobody to perish. Hell was not made for people. It was made for the foreign angels. So God's patience has got to do with people to give their lives to the Lord. Listen, people of God, as you're watching this program or listening to this program, God is patient for you. God is patient with you. God is desiring you. God is desiring your heart. God is desiring you to turn your life to him. He is patient with you. What is your focus as we close uh, today's teaching? What is your focus as you wait for Christ? What is your real attachment to this physical world and its goods? As we wait for the powerful return of Jesus Christ, we must live in faith and faithfully serving God. Faith is not just an empty belief. Our faith must be more than a belief. Our faith must result in action, growth in Christian character, and in the knowledge of God and patiently waiting for the powerful return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul gives us the guidance for growing uh, as a Christian and the dangers to growing Christians as also hope for growing Christians. I want you to pick up the book of, uh, sorry, Peter, Peter, First Peter. And as we close this teaching of first peter and second peter i believe you've enjoyed just an overview of the entire book of uh, peter it is powerful when you understand the bible this way it is powerful when you read the word of god in its context and i pray that the word of god in you that you've heard today will stir up the passion and your desire to pursue god and to live to live like uh, god is coming tomorrow live to worship him live to save him and live to let his manifestation of his glory in your life manifest. God bless you. Join us again as we pick up another book that we'll be looking at, uh, 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 that we'll be looking at on this segment of Kingdom Insight. Shalom, shalom. See you next time. Thank you for watching Kingdom Insight. Dr. Kazumba Charles has written some powerful and insightful books that will help you discover treasures and truth of God's Word and also give you a deeper understanding of the unchanging character of God. For a love gift of $20, our office will send you one of the following books written by Dr. Kazumba Charles. The Parables of the Kingdom, Revisiting the Foundations, The Weapon of Forgiveness, or Discovering the Power of God in You please go to www.kazumbacharles.org to give your love gift. Your love gift will enable Dr. Kazumba Charles to continue to preach the good news of the kingdom. 
Thank you for your generosity.